A murder has been committed, and now Castian Saya needs to escape Alderaan before the watchful eyes of the palace guards fall on him. Castian, you are three years old, and it's life day. You have woken up early, you had breakfast with your parents, gifts were exchanged, it was amazing! And now you're at the clinic, where your parents and the other doctors are spreading life day cheer by handing out presents to some of the younger patients at the clinic. Usually Castian does not like the clinic. It's boring, his parents spend all their time there, but Castian is doing okay because he was able to bring one of his gifts with him, a stuffed bantha doll, and he loves it. He calls it Benji. Aww. He's sitting in his parents' office just playing along with this Bantha doll. And the office has a window that looks out into a little communal area they have for the patients and their families. Unfortunately, many of the patients who are receiving gifts don't have family there. Some of them are are orphaned or maybe their own parents are ill elsewhere in the clinic or at another facility on the planet of Lamared. So even though you are in there playing with Benji, you have a clear view of what's happening outside. And you can see that many of the gifts are humble. Many of them are are homemade, hand-spun dolls, homemade clothes, that sort of thing. But there were some generous gifters out there. And you see that one girl receives a rideable bantha. It is about Three feet tall, you can climb on the back of it, and it's motorized. Benji is looking less cool by the second. Uh, Castian immediately shoots up to his feet, eyes wide. He never really understood that you could ride the Bantha dolls, but now that's all he wanted. So, leaving Benji behind on the desk, he immediately walks out to where the girl is playing. She's a young Mon Calamari girl. You've seen her around. Her name is Lala, and you know that she is very sick. You don't know with what, but you know that she's very sick because that's why she lives at the clinic, and you know that she doesn't have any parents. Hey, Lala. What you doing? Um, I'm riding. Um, can I ride? It's mine. Um, your mom and dad were in the lobby. I can watch the bantha while you go see them. So Lala's already large eyes grow wide, and she very carefully and kind of shakily climbs off of the bantha that she was on, and she has to grab one of those rolling IV handles as she kind of lumbers on very shaky, spindly legs towards the lobby. Castian gives it a good five, ten seconds before he's on top of that bantha, riding to his heart's content. And another five or ten seconds after that, after your glorious ride begins, you hear from the lobby, Where's my mommy? Come on, Benji, we gotta escape. (laughs) We're making making a break for it to the office. Benji 2.0 executes a perfect three-point turn to get you turned back around in the right direction. And then a pair of grown-up legs is in your way. You look up and see your mother looking very disappointed in you. Lala said I can play with it. Why did Lala go to the lobby? I thought because families come together on life day and I told her that her family could be in the lobby. Your mother, Lisbeth Saya, 
frowns. She reaches down and she plucks you up off of Benji 2.0 like you weigh nothing. She holds you on her hip and she gives you a very serious look. We've talked before about what death means, haven't we, Castian? My character looks away. Life days where miracles happen. Not that kind of miracle, honey. It's not like she can ride Benji that much. She's she's always in her bed complaining. But doesn't that mean it'd be very nice that when she doesn't have to be in bed, she could have something fun to look forward to? Well, she does have stuff to look forward to. You guys are always there with her. I know it's difficult for you sometimes when your father and I are working, but we're trying to make the world a better place. I don't care about the world. Is that the sort of attitude we're supposed to have on Life Day? No. On Life Day, and every day, we're supposed to be looking out for others more so than we look out for ourselves. But that's not fair. Don't you think Lala could say that to you? You have both of your parents. You are healthy. You have a home you get to go to. We need to be more concerned about making life as good as possible for others, especially when we have so much. I'm sorry. I I don't want to be bad. 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 Castian's eyes open up and he is in a shower or a refresher. Water is splashing down on his face. The blood covering his body, now circling the drain. Castian immediately looks around, breathing heavily, before he spots Laris, who is still in her uniform, scrubbing at his face, trying to get some of the dried blood off. Mm -hmm. What happened? Where am I? (laughs) We are in your refresher. No, no, I was... I was talking to Cortan, and... I killed him. I killed... Why am I here? Did I come here? Yes, sir. Oh, no, 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 no. This is bad. Yes, sir. I immediately stand up, realizing that I'm mostly in my undergarments. How long have I been here? You've been here for approximately five minutes, sir. Okay. And you don't know how I got in? No, sir. I was awakened by you appearing in my room, announcing that you have a problem. You did not elaborate on what that problem is. But it seems to have been a bloody one. He tried to kill me. I I refused the bounty and he tried to kill me and I and I had to kill him. I had to kill him. He was going to he was going to kill me. Laris stopped scrubbing for a minute. You refused the bounty? Yes, he was he was going to make me kill a, a factory worker. Sir, you have said many times that we have one job while we are out here, and that one job is to be paid. I am not some Tool to be used and lied to. I... All of our jobs... I've killed pirates. I've killed thugs. I've killed smuggling spicers. I've killed them all without remorse. Because they were bad people that needed to go. I'm not going to kill a father, a poor man. What? That's not me. If he wanted someone to do that, he could have hired some drunkard to kill him in the mid... This doesn't make sense. It ne- it didn't make sense. Why would he hire someone like me to kill a man like that? He was clearly planning to pin this on me or something. I- this was self-defense. Before Laris can say anything, the door chime rings. I'm immediately on my feet. I take hold of Laris's shoulder, pushing her into the refresher, kind of like the fifth element. Stay here. Stay silent. If it's guards, I will take them out and we need to leave. If it's not... 
I will distract whomever it is, and you get Bone on the comm and get him at the rendezvous point. Understood? We are leaving now. Yes, sir. Uh, just a minute. I turn off the water, close the refresher, and check out myself in the mirror to make sure I'm not bloody still. Most of the blood from the other person seems to have been washed away, but you do, of course, have a large wound in your side from the fight. Laris has cleaned the wound and performed some basic first aid. It's essentially being held together with staples, so there is still some blood and pus oozing from it, but you're not going to die today. I look around and I grab like a robe that they left for me in there and I throw it on. It's very nice. Of course it is. It's Alderaan. I immediately walk to the door. I have my blaster out and I'm holding it behind like where a person couldn't see where it is. And I'm like, hello, who is it? It's Cerise Nabella. Crap. I hide the blaster under a pillow nearby and I open the door. Ah, Cerise, how can I help you tonight? You caught me while I was just getting out of the shower. I do apologize for the delay. Cerise did notice that you were standing there wearing only a robe, so she has once again averted her eyes. She's very, very shy and very proper in a lot of ways. I'm terribly sorry for for interrupting you. If I realized that you were ready to turn in for the night, I never would have stopped by. I never should have stopped by. Please forgive this intrusion. No, no, please. Hey, I just wanted to get a shower in after a workout. Of, Of course. Well, I was just stopping by because it is, of course, um, a very... Lovely evening here on on Alderaan, and I've heard that the palace's midnight gardens are best viewed, well, of course, at at midnight, and, well, that hour is approaching, and it would be odd for someone to be going out into the gardens alone, so I was wondering if perhaps you might wish to accompany me, but, of course, that's not necessary. Oh, that's, that's a very nice offer. As you say that to Cerise, you... Look beyond her into the hallway, and you see at the end of the long corridor, two palace guards in discussion with each other. They seem to be standing by a smear of blood on the wall. I would love that. Could you give me just one minute to put some clothing on, clearly? Uh, uh, of course, of uh, course. I'll be right out. I close the door and I just mouth, poodoo! I immediately just throw on some clothing. I go back to the refresher and look at Laris. I left some blood. Some palace guards are already there. Get Bone on the communicator now. Meet us at the rendezvous point. Where where would the rendezvous point be? What's Alderaan's... Uh, Sister planet? Yeah. Oh, uh, Delea. Tell him to meet us on the rendezvous point at Delea. Get there yourself. I will find my way off planet to the sister planet nearby. Yes, sir. And don't tell Akira about this. Do not report anything back to her at any point. Yes, sir. And Cassian realizing that he needs to go... This is more of a, he grabs everything he needs, like that trunk that he brought with him. Mm-hmm. He's opening it up, grabbing like two blasters, a couple of vibro knives that he usually keeps in there, leaves everything else, and then opens up the false bottom, grabs the lightsaber, Modonin's lightsaber that doesn't have a crystal in it, and hides it on his body. And then he's walking out with a smile on his face. Sorry about the delay. It is no trouble. I lead the way, I say, as I offer her my arm. Are the palace guards still there? Not only are they still there, but two more have joined them. Please. And we're just going to hopefully walk the opposite direction of the palace guards. Cerise Nobella leads you out into the Midnight Gardens of the Alderaan Palace. So the Midnight Gardens are a winding maze, essentially, of fragrant plants. Many blossoming plants, many of which only actually blossom at night. So 
there are some kind of twinkling lights, think very similar to, to Christmas lights, placed strategically throughout the garden so that, of course, you can still see as you peruse the gardens at night, but it's really there almost as an ambient light to highlight some of these blossoms and plants that you just can't observe under the harsh light of day. It's very beautiful, uh, Miss Nabella. I, I believe that uh, protocol would allow, as we are off-duty, that you may call me Cerise. Of course, and please, uh, call me Gorian. Of, of course, Gorian. Uh, would you like to uh, take one of the, the speeder carriages? As I'm walking, I am keeping an eye out for any buildup of excitement anywhere in the palace guards. Why don't you give me a hard perception test? Wow, uh, two triumphs and a threat. So you see everything. Of course, you're still in the middle, essentially, of a very formal palace event as the third day of the Day of Investiture is about to begin, which is the large street festival day. So you see that the palace is absolutely still abuzz with activity, even at this late hour. Mostly, it's various droids and housekeeping staff changing over the decorations as they have been on the previous two days for a third day's theme, different colors, different banners. But you also see numerous guards walking about. While for the previous two days, you've seen a number of guards posted throughout the palace, now they all seem to be moving. They are a hive of activity, and it looks like they are shoring up the exits to the palace. Absolutely. Uh, where is? Oh, here's a trolley right here. And we climb into a speeder trolley, you said it was? Uh, it's a speeder carriage. It's essentially, think the Central Park horse carriages, except without horses, mm -hmm. you know, levitating as they are speeders. Mm -hmm. So it's like a gondola on a Ferris wheel. It has a roof that kind of curves overhead and curves to the side. So you're, it's a little cocooned pod. I help her in, cast another glance around before hopping into the carriage myself. And where does this take us? Outside of the palace? Well, I presume that eventually there is some sort of exit from the Midnight Gardens, but traditionally we would just go through the paths and enjoy the view. Oh, um, actually, I know exactly a great view. I've been here before, I told you. Just allow me to take the wheel, as I say, as I'm tapping away at the controls. I'm assuming this has a predetermined path that you take. Yes. I am trying to manually override that. Give me a computers and slicing roll. I'm just going to make this average because even though it's the palace, it's not something that they would ever expect someone to try to hack. And I got one success, but one threat. All right. I trap at the controls until the screen that is green turns a bright red and I take control and I'm leading us to where I think an exit is. Maybe a little faster than what they normally suggest. Uh, oh, Cerise says as the gondola takes off a little faster than expected. She's kind of pushed back against the very nice plush padded bench that the two of you are sitting on. Is it supposed to light absolutely. up like that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, as you see, as we move faster through the gardens, the, the colors start to meld together. Yes, I, I do see that. Uh, is everything all right, Absolutely. Gloria? I just want to make sure we get there before that closes. I'm trying to find an exit as I'm speeding through this thing. Give me a deception roll. This is going to be versus two red. A despair. Yes, that is. A failure and a despair, even. Everything's fine. No, I'm fine. I say as I lean forward to tap out another controls to speed it up just a little bit. 
and there's a bump from the increase in speed, and suddenly I hear a clattering, and I look over at her, and I see her eyes are locked down on the floor where my lightsaber lays. She leans down and she grabs it. And I'm going to say because you rolled a despair, you don't even get a chance to try to be faster than her. Thank goodness it doesn't have a crystal, because in the hands of an untrained person, this could be incredibly dangerous. But she picks it up, and she stares at it for a moment, and then she looks at you again. And you've seen many sides of Cerise Nabella, so you think. You've seen her nervous, you've seen her happy, you've seen her flirty, and now you see her angry and betrayed. How could you? I'm going to swipe for the lightsaber again, like try to grab it away from her. And because she is not terribly athletic, you are able to do that easily. But as you grab it from her, she immediately pushes back and she has slid all the way to the other edge of the bench. So she has put, you know, a foot and a half of space between the two of you. I don't know what you're talking about, I say as I shove the lightsaber back into my coat and I turn the speeder along the hedges to make my way towards the exit. She is going to lean out the gondola door, the carriage door, and scream, Guards! She's going to lean, but I'm going to jostle the uh, speeder a little bit to send her back my way. Okay, I'm going to give her a chance to roll to see if she can keep herself together. Okay, so what is your drive rating? Two green. All right, so as you jerk the the carriage to the left, she falls away and her her cry is lost in her her throat as she goes from... And she actually crashes into you. I wrap my arm around her as I'm continuously driving. Listen, I can explain. I can explain. This is... I I didn't do anything wrong here. I don't know. I don't know what you think I did, but I didn't do anything wrong. Rebel scum. We were suspicious of the Organas, but now this is proof. I am not a rebel. They're not rebels. I'm a bounty hunter. I might as well just confess at this point. At some point, you just need to say, like, I'm not as bad as you think it is. I'm actually just <laughs> this bad. So, yeah, my character's pushing his foot down on the gas. I'm a bounty hunter. How am I doing on trying to navigate this <laughs> this maze to get out of here? Give me another drive check. Uh, we're going to make that a red and a purple. I got one success, but I got two threats. Okay. I'm driving. I spot the exit way too late. So I spin the speeder going through one of the hedges, Mm -hmm. pretty much announcing to the world, here's your bad guy, as I'm pumping up the speed to get to that exit before they close it off. Not only do you destroy some priceless flora in this move, but you actually knock over a small tree that somebody was in the process of decorating for the upcoming life day. Do we get any uh, life day lights stuck on the speeder? Yes. Awesome. You are now trailing lights. Perfect. Like a newlywed. And I'm heading towards the exit. Do I make it out? As you pop through the exit, it's onto a a side street in the capital of of Alderaan, where several guards have already gathered on speeders of their own. Speeders that are much better equipped than yours. As essentially, you have run into the police on horses. Well, let's see how they do. I'm going to try to outrun them. Uh, What I'm going to do, actually, is instead of going through the streets that aren't full, you said there is a street festival. They have to prepare for it. I don't have the speed advantage here. No. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to go through the street festival where they're preparing for it. Maybe some people are already already partying. So that slows them down. Okay. I'm not trying to hit anybody, but I'm trying to do as much damage to put debris in my way. 
All right, so let's have a good old-fashioned chase scene. Um, where you're going to roll, and I'm setting the difficulty as well, and I'm going to make this an average difficulty. Okay. So that's two purple. Flip a light side to a dark side. To upgrade one of your dice. Mm-hmm. Two successes and one advantage. Okay, that is better than their three advantages. You have four guards on speeder bikes that have converged behind you, and you are speeding through the half-empty streets. This is a major city, so of course there's always activity. People are at the bars, as they would be on any night, but especially because we're in the middle of a festival. So you have drunk civilians out and about. You have droids who are setting up lights and pennants across the streets. Humans are setting up bleachers, actually, along the streets, as there's going to be a little bit of a parade. So this is where the hoi polloi would sit in order to observe the festivities. So there's lots of ways for you to create some mayhem here. Castian is slamming into one of those bleachers as they're still being set up, making it kind of spin a little bit out of control. So it partially uh, goes into the road, which blocks some of the speeders. Mm -hmm. So they have to kind of go single file instead of just all four of them on my tail. And I am going to keep on going. Just that's all I'm doing. I'm trying to get enough space between us so I can ditch the speeder Mm -hmm. and go on foot if I have to. Mm Mm-hmm. So you had grabbed Cerise and you were kind of holding her close, correct? Yes. She's struggling, trying to get away from you. And in fact, she is going to bite you. Uh, That's my girl. Castian, take one point of strain. She rolls up your sleeve a little bit and just sinks her teeth into you. Ah! And yes, Castian does let her go enough for her to scoot to the other side. You push her away and she slides across the bench. She takes a look as the speeder slows down a little bit as you're banking around a turn. And she takes a look at the slowing pavement, then looks back at you and decides the pavement looks much more friendly. And so she swings open the carriage door and rolls out directly into the path of one of the guard's speeders. No! And I'm whipping the speeder around in a way that is fast and furious. And I'm holding out a hand to try to knock the speeder out of the way. Uh, roll your discipline. We'll say it's hard. Okay, I generated a force point, which was a white, so I'm going to take the strain mm-hmm. and flip a point, but one triumph and two advantages. So what does it look like when you push the speeder out of the way? So she lands and rolls and looks up, her hair disheveled. Her eyes go wide as the speeder is a yard away from hitting her. And just as she's about to scream, suddenly an invisible hand seems to grab hold of the front of the speeder, crunches it a little bit and yanks it to the side. Uh, The guard slamming into one of his other people, but they miss her entirely. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say with a triumph that one of those guards, the the speeder is too messed up to continue, so you'll only have three guards chasing you. In slow motion, she looks back towards Castian and sees concern on his face before he whips the speeder back around and he's gunning it as fast as he can towards hopefully an alleyway that he can fit in. Fit in barely. He barely wants to squeeze in, so he's going to um, hop out of this thing and start running and block their way. All right, and yes, you find one. Castian crashes into the uh, alleyway. The the wall's getting thinner and thinner before Sparks starts coming off the sides, and then he just launches himself out, not even stopping it, and just lands and starts booking it down the alleyway as fast as he can. As you run, you hear behind you several speeders enter the alley, but of course, your carriage blocks them. Where are you running to? You are in the capital of Alderaan, 
there is a spaceport. And as it is the capital, think about leaving New York City. You can leave New York City anytime, day or night. Surely there's somebody leaving Alderaan at this late, even at this late hour. Yeah. I guess I'm going to the spaceport. I'm going to try to find a ship, any ship that I can sneak on. All right. Do you continue on foot? Yes. As I break out of the alleyway, I go through a couple more alleyways until I come out of a street where a street festival is starting up a little bit. Or maybe this is just kind of a bazaar. And as I'm walking through, suddenly you just see a couple credits being exchanged, a cloak being thrown over him and stuff like that. He's basically trying to get a semi-decent disguise mm-hmm. up and running. A hat, some glasses, things like that. So the spaceport is a little bit of a hike on foot. You know that by speeder, it's a a short ride, but to walk up to it or to run however you're getting there, it takes you a good 30 minutes to get there. By the time he gets back to Castian, he's on a kid's scooter that he picked up. It's like a hover scooter thing, and he just pushes it to the side. Did you break off the handles to turn it into a skateboard? I'm not that good. I'm not quite coordinated, so I absolutely needed those handles the entire time. (laughs) Castian just kind of throws it to the side. It's pink and starts marching uh, towards the spaceport. Give me a perception roll. This is easy. Two successes and one advantage. The spaceport is, in fact, a hub of activity, including a hub of security activity. You see a number of guards. You see security droids that are active. And again, this is a major spaceport. Of course, there would be a security presence, but they are actively scanning everybody. When you came in to Alderaan, they were there, but it was more watching out for trouble that was brewing. Here they are actively checking identification, actively looking through baggage. They are obviously searching for someone. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out that most likely they are searching for you. Castian, he is looking around. Who is around me? Like there's guards, there's people. So there are, of course, a number of the Alderanian guards you see actually a couple of palace guards conferring with the spaceport security, so... So it's like Secret Service talking to the TSA. Yes. Oh, no. Exactly like that. You see that there are a number of security droids floating around. And then in addition to the civilians that are going back and forth and flight crews, you also see a small garrison of Imperial troops. My eyes light up just a hint, and I'm looking around to see if there's any officers. Yes. I'm straighten up a little bit, keep my cloak around my head, and I'm just going to walk forward uh, towards one of them. Uh, are they together? Are they like at a cafe? Are they? You know what? I'm going to the, the shoe shine area. <laughs> All right. At the shoe shine, you see a captain getting his boots shined. I'm moving towards the uh, shoe shiner right there. I yank him back and I shove some credits into his hand, saying, "Thank you very much for taking my position. I'll see you later." And I'm pushing him hey, away. But- I'm giving him a look in my eyes saying, I'll kill you. I will. I'm trying to intimidate this little peon. You don't have to roll for it. You do. Yeah. And I sit down. I was like, sorry about that, sir. And I start wiping his uh, boots. As- He's reading a, a data pad. Doesn't even acknowledge the, the change in service people. When the captain isn't looking, Castian pours some boot shine on his pant leg. Oh, dear. Uh, the attendant must have accidentally gotten you before I got here, sir. He squints as he, he looks to, to see it. We get that up right right away, sir. And I'm standing up, and I'm I am trying to usher him towards a refresher. Just make it quick. Of course, sir. And I lead him into a refresher, and use here. And Castian, about five minutes later, walks out. The suit's a little bit tight on him. He puts uh, the cap over his head, and he's just walking straight past the security points, not even bothering to stop. 
That's going to be a deception roll. Of course. And do I get a blue die because I'm wearing an imperial outfit? You know what? Sure, I will give you that. And it's going to be versus two red, one purple. I did it. Two successes, but two threats. All right. The palace guards look up at you, but immediately treat you extremely deferentially. They see the uniform more so than they see the person. So nobody tries to stop you until you are, you're approaching one of the ships. I see a civilian shuttle that uh, is definitely going towards Delea. And as you are approaching the ship, you hear from behind you, Oh, Captain! Captain! Oh, no. <laughs> I immediately turn. And who is it? It's a young woman in an Imperial cadet's uniform. You're the new captain, correct? Yes. I've been assigned as your yeoman. Fantastic. Where am I going? And she consults her own data pad to look at the the paperwork. Yes, as the main festivities here on Alderaan seem to have wrapped up, you're due to return to Coruscant. Fantastic, fantastic. And the ship is ready and prepped? Yes, sir. But it's it's not this ship, sir. I'm I'm sorry. The people here on Alderaan, they don't believe in good signage. It's back this way. Uh, And I take it as a Lambda shuttle? Nothing too fancy? Of course, sir. Delightful. And I'm going to start marching with her as I'm thinking in my head, how much does a Lambda shuttle usually carry? How many troopers does it have? What's the security like? Why not? Yeah, he's marching towards the Lambda shuttle. All right. And he is climbing aboard. Lambda shuttles aren't that large. It has a capacity for 20 passengers, has a pilot, co-pilot, navigator, gunner, comms operator, and engineer. So about six crew and room for 20 passengers. So I climb aboard and I'm the captain, apparently. Or am I like like just an officer and this is a ship transporting me somewhere? You don't know. I'm just following her then. I'm seeing where she takes me. <laughs> she takes you to officer's quarters. We're going straight to Coruscant. Yes, sir. Excellent. Very well. Thank you very much. Is there anything else I can get you, sir? Yes, a data pad. Uh, of, of course, sir. Would you like to use mine? I look it over. Very well, cadet. Thank you. And I close the door behind me, looking around saying, this is insane. All right. I stunned the man, so he's going to be out for a while. They're not going to know it's me for a little while longer, but I do need to get to Delea. I was an Imperial Inquisitor. I know more secrets than most of these individuals combined. I know the codes of Grand Admirals. I knew a code of a Grand Admiral. It might be an older code, but it might work. Yes, let's try that. I'm going to use, and hope it works still, the Pantorian who sent me that message from the Grand Admiral. I'm going to use his code to make new orders. All right. So it sounds like this might be another computer's role. I'm going to make this a hard roll, but I am going to give you a boost die because you do have that code. Yeah, I'm going to upgrade because I, I'm not counting on myself to be that good. Two successes. Just two successes? Two successes. Great. I immediately walk out of my quarters and I spot the cadet. Yes, she is. Sta- she was standing there waiting for you. I need to speak to the officers of the ship immediately. Oh, 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 yes, sir. Of course. And I'm watching behind her. She's leading you to the bridge. I'm waiting for her to introduce me to the captain. As she takes you into the bridge, you see there's many officers there, lower-ranked officers, all of whom stand at attention when you enter. There is another high-ranking officer, another captain, standing at the front of the bridge in conversation with somebody who turns as he sees everybody else standing at attention. But as you are effectively peers, he does not. I offer him a respectful nod. 
he returns it. He's an older gentleman. You can see white hair just under his officer's cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has very light blue eyes as he, he looks at you. And your yeoman, the cadet, she says, Captain Natalia, this is Captain Kanar. Captain Kanar, Captain Natalia. Captain Kanar, I'm sorry to uh, interrupt, but we need to head to uh, Delea according to special orders. I hand him the data pad with the special orders on it. Special orders. He takes it. He looks at it. He hands it to the officer that he'd just been speaking to. Run these orders. My heart is beating, and I'm trying my best to keep cool. Not only is your heart beating, but your hand is beginning to throb again. Not again. Orders check out, sir. The other officer hands the data pad back to the captain, and you can see as it's being handed over that the orders have essentially been decrypted Mm -hmm. so that he can review exactly what they were, and he can see that this is an admiral-ranked code. As he sees the title, you see his eyes widen, and he instinctively stands a little bit straighter, because obviously if you are receiving special orders from an admiral, you must be a big deal. A grand admiral, actually. Get us to Delea immediately. Yes, sir. Once you drop me off, you can be on your way. The captain begins to shout orders. You can hear and feel the engines revving up as they are accelerating their pre-flight checks. And of course, once we get into space, communication silence. Yes, sir. Good, because they're going to find the guy in the bathroom soon. (laughs) I'm just walking back to my quarters, my hands shaking. And then I sit down in my bed and just take a long breath. And then I hold my side in pain as I still have that wound. And I open up the coat a little bit, and the officer's undershirt is already soaking through. So Castian is going to spend his time trying to make a a bandage out of an old shirt or something like that to keep this thing from bleeding through. Since you're only going to another planet in the system, it's an hour's journey to Delea. You are taken to the Delean spaceport, dropped off, no questions asked. And I'm just walking out and... Just trying to get out of the space station to meet at the rendezvous point where Bone is waiting. The rendezvous point is several miles from the spaceport here at Delea. It's a nerf prairie. It is early dawn on Delea. Are you going to make the walk to the field or do you wish to commandeer? I'm not trying to break any more rules. I am changing. (laughs) I'm no longer an officer. I'm no longer an imperial officer. I am just some guy in some nice trouser pants Boots and a shirt, but I've lost the cap. I lost the coat. Stuffed him away. Just walking. Okay. So it takes you a couple of hours. That's fine. So a couple of hours later, you're tired. I You've not had any sleep. You were in an extremely difficult fight. And of course, you've had adrenaline coursing through you. That's the only thing that's been keeping me going. So you are exhausted as you crest a hill and you see parked in the middle of this nerf herd. The Howling Gundark. I've never been more excited to see this piece of crap. Castian stumbles through this crowd, pushing nerfs out of the way. Out of my way, you filthy creatures. Ah, the smell. And he finally gets to the ramp. And standing at the top of the ramp are both Laris and Bone. Ah, Laris, how did you get off the planet? I went to the spaceport, sir, and there are many shuttles that travel regularly between Alderaan and Zalea. You got out way before the security kicked up. Well, I made some friends, but we need to get out of here now. Out of the system. Yes, sir. Castian is clutching his hand in pain as that throbbing that's been carrying him this entire time just kind of spikes through his entire body and he collapses against the side of the bulkhead. (sighs) 
<sighs> Sir. Yes? Do you need anything? You wouldn't have happened to pick up any blue echo on the way here. No, I did not, sir. Okay. Cassian lets out a sigh. We need to go to a doctor. We need to just check out what's going off in my hand. This is not psychological. This is something... This is something dangerous. There are many fine doctors here on Delea. Some of the best doctors in the galaxy are from this system. No, 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 no. We need someone that won't report me. We need to get out immediately. They know it probably was me that caused the trouble. So, bring up the star map. I'm going to the bridge, and I'm sitting down, and I'm just going through planets. Mm-hmm. In the outer rim. Yeah, Bone follows you, and he's the one that pulls up the map. So it's projected in the middle of the bridge. Bespin? No, no, no. I heard the man that owned that just lost it in a gambling parlor. There's Telos, Taras, Salost, Ryloth, Rodia. Oh. There's Mon Calamari, but Mon Cal. Sir, that planet is under extreme imperial scrutiny. No, 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 no. Not Mon Cal. Little Mon Cal. I'm sorry? Loma Red, it's a planet that I used to know. And if I'm remembering it right, it should be going through the conjunction. My records have no reference to a conjunction. I pull up the planet, which is my home planet. In the system, there are two planets that every 14 years almost collide. And that causes an interference that messes with communications all through the system for about a day or two. If we can get there in a week, which might burn out the Gundark, if we get there, I might know a doctor there that can help me. And if anybody does know I'm there, they wouldn't be able to get a message out before I can escape. Lomared, take us there. Yes, sir. How exciting. What is, sir? I'm going home. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot Star Wars Force and Destiny. Please follow Solo Shot Podcast and Fandible on Twitter, and please share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandible on iTunes or your podchaser of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to make a donation to help keep our equipment up and running. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.